Hello, everyone. Welcome to Letter to Philippi Live, our daily live streaming broadcast from lettertophilippi.org. Uh, Letter to Philippi is a new Messianic Jewish theological research and teaching organization, which uh, was started in uh, April of this year. And with and this uh, daily study in the book Philippians is our first initiative of the uh, new organization, the Letter to Philippi Live broadcast, where we're starting out going through a verse-by-verse -verse study through Paul's letter to Philippi, the namesake of our organization, and looking at uh, this book from a Messian and Jewish theological perspective for the last nearly 1,700 years. This is the time of, of the early Christian thinker and scholar John Chrysostom. This book, especially this third chapter, has been looked at as a as a chapter of Paul speaking negatively about Judaism, Jews, and Jewish practice, specifically circumcision. And this has led to, as I said yesterday, among the hundred some commentaries I looked at in putting together my messianic my messianic commentary on Philippians, that pretty much. 99% of them followed the example of Chrysostom and viewed this chapter as speaking negatively of Judaism and basically that Paul was speaking against circumcision even for for Messianic Jews for for continuing Jewish observance by Messianic Jews and uh, even going as far as I said yesterday that in the the anchor Yale Bible one of the the uh, scholarly translations and commentaries on the Bible in academia speaks about Judaism being worthless and Paul teaching that in this chapter. But as we will see that even though this has been the predominant thinking among Christian scholars for the last 1700 years that Paul is speaking negatively about Judaism in this passage and specifically saying that that circumcision is no longer valid, which which is something they don't under, they don't seem to to uh, account for that Paul circumcised circumcised Timothy, who was who was a co-writer of this letter, and that it would you, you, so it appears that if this is true that he rejected circumcision in this writing this letter he is basically is rejecting his previous act and actually being hypocritical by circumcising Timothy but also saying that that uh, circumcision is rejected. So as we get started, we'll have a quick word of prayer and uh, we will uh, we will get started. I just wanted to uh, confirm that the stream is going out to Facebook. Okay, well, let's get going with a word of prayer. Oh, Lord, you're good. We thank you for this day. We thank you, Lord, for another opportunity to look at the words of your righteous servant, Paul, and to learn to become more and more like the Messiah that he calls us to be. Help us to get a new perspective, Lord, as we will, we will be 
exposed to a new perspective on Philippians chapter 3 to today, a perspective that looks looks positively at Jews and positively at the covenant of circumcision that you gave to Abraham, and which is a part and parcel of living as faithful Jews today. We thank you for your love. We thank you for the Messiah. Thank you for this time to be together. In Yeshua's name we pray. Amen. So, so as we began yesterday, I'll reread, I'll read, reread the verse we'll be looking at today, which is Philippians chapter three, verse two, which reads, "Beware of the dogs, those evildoers, the mutilated." So as we said, said that that over over time these these epithets have been specifically specifically rough, specifically referred to being Paul speaking against Jews or and Jewish practice. But the question is, as I said, we don't know who these opponents were, and there's there's also scholars that believe that these opponents were either either not yet in Philippi or were or yet to come to Philippi. So the question is, who are who are these people who are coming? Who are these opponents? Who are these people bringing false teaching in Philippi? Who are, who are the ones who refers to as dogs, evildoers, and the mutilated? So one of the possibilities that it was Yeshua following Jews or Messianic Jews that could be the ones who were bringing this false teaching. The first option is that these opponents are Messianic Jews who do not accept the ruling of the Jerusalem Council that we see in Acts 15. In Acts 15, the Jerusalem Council, James, the leader of the Messianic community in Philippi, in Jerusalem, the 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 leader of of the of the home congregation of the Messianic faith, him and the other elders ruled that Gentiles did not have to be circumcised and convert to Judaism before becoming followers of Yeshua. But there were those those that continued, even with this ruling, to teach that. So this is the first possibility that these were actually Yeshua-following Jews, Messianic Jews, who had the incorrect belief that Gentiles had to be circumcised to be fully a part of the people of God. These, these opponents could be the same people that Paul spoke against in the letter to the Galatians and also as, as the people that that caused the the Acts 15 Jerusalem Council to come to being those who were teaching that that the Gentiles had to first convert to Judaism before becoming followers of Yeshua. Most Christian scholars understand the opponents were promoting conversion for Gentiles. Conversion to Judaism for Gentiles which would have forced Judaism and Jewish customs on Gentiles for the first time since the birth of the Messianic movement. So these these scholars see that these opponents, these people that if, if it were Messianic Jews or Yeshua following Jews who believe the Gentiles had to actually convert to Judaism before coming to Yeshua faith or even after Yeshua faith to actually be circumcised and in essence also be 
also be, become part of Judaism. Th that is that is one possibility of who these who these false teachers are. Those that are teaching that for Gentiles, their faith in Yeshua was not enough for them to be fully part of the people of God, but that they had to also be circumcised. In essence, converting to Judaism along with accepting Yeshua faith. Messianic Jewish scholars and post-supersessionist scholars would see this as detrimental to the unique place of Jews and Gentiles within the Messianic community, and certainly counter the Acts 15 Jerusalem Council ruling, which recommended separate ritual responsibilities for Jews and Gentiles. So in this teaching that, that Gentiles were not sufficient in their faith by just being redeemed Gentiles, but that they had also become Jews too, that they had to had to accept and convert to Judaism to be fully a part of the people of God, that their faith trusting Yeshua was not enough for them. Would actually actually is understood by Messian Jewish scholars and and post-supersessionist scholars in the Christian world that this would actually this would actually dilute the message of the gospel. That whereas the gospel message is that in Yeshua, the Jewish Messiah, that both Jew and Gentile can come into the one people of God. Whereas the one people of God, the people of Israel, was exclusively the descendants of, of, of Abraham and those who, who took on the faith of Abraham as Jews were part of the people of God. In the gospel message, in the mystery of the gospel, the Gentile nations, the pagan nations of the world, through faith trusting Yeshua, were brought into being a part, being members of the people of God as Gentiles. So in this call for Gentiles to convert to Judaism, to be fully a part of the people of God, it actually would detract from the, the gospel message that in Messiah, both Jew and Gentile, could come to believe in the God of Israel. The Jews living their lives as faithful Jews, as Jews living lives ordered by Torah, and the Gentile nations coming to faith as, as redeemed Gentiles, people from the nations of the world who come to embrace the God of Israel through faith trust in the Messiah of Israel, but come to God and live as redeemed Gentiles, not needing to convert to Judaism and be fully part of the people of God. If this is so, these opponents are classically known as Judaizers, Jewish proponents of Gentile circumcision. Given that from the time of Abraham, the sign of the covenant between God, between the one God of Israel, between the one God of Israel and the Jewish people has been circumcision. These opponents incorrectly champion the circumcision of Gentiles, as we see in Schreiner, as I said, if these are the opponents. And Schreiner, in his commentary on Acts, wrote, Therefore, the Judaizers probably concluded that Genesis 17, the command for, that given to Avraham to circumcise himself and all the male descendants of him, that circumcision was an indispensable sign of the covenant. And thus they taught that unless you are circumcised according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. And this, this, is, this is the incorrect understanding. 
though they they are correct to understand the importance of the covenant sign of circumcision for Gentile for for not for Gentiles but for Jews, they misunderstood that the gospel did not require the good news of the Messiah did not require Gentiles to also enter into the the covenant via circumcision. Biblical scholar Paula Fredrickson espoused a unique motivation for these Messianic Jews if these this are the opponents to promote circumcision of Gentile followers. And this is an interesting perspective that I had not heard before, but she writes, perhaps some of these apostles prior to Israel's re response to the gospel as a key event living in the kingdom, sought Israel among the nations quite literally. Perhaps in calling for Gentile circumcision as a condition for entering into the ecclesia, these apostles were in their own minds achieving the reconstitution of the plenum of Israel. With all Israel gathered through their message of the Messiah, the kingdom could finally come. According to Fredrickson, these promoters of Gentile circumcision were seeking to make the Messianic communities more Jewish by having the Gentile male followers, followers be circumcised and all Gentile followers become Jews. So this is an interesting perspective that Frederickson believes that, that she sees a possible motivation if these people are, are calling Gentiles, Gentile Yeshua believers to convert to Judaism after they have become followers of Yeshua, they're in essence trying to to build up the the Jewishness of the Messianic community. Though at this time, as the gospel is spread throughout the world, as the good news of the Messiah is spread throughout the world, the the Jewish population has become smaller as the Gentile population of the world becomes larger, and the Gentile believers in Yeshua become more numerous. So so. Uh, Fredrickson here sees that the, the possibility of, of these of these false teachers calling causing the Gentile believers in Philippi to convert to Judaism is in essence taking what would be a, a majority Gentile community and and re and reestablishing and establishing a majority Jewish community in Philippi through the conversion of these Gentiles. In essence, Increasing the Jewish, the Jewish numbers of believers in Philippi through the conversion of the Gentile, Gentile uh, believers, in essence having them having them as Gentiles convert to Judaism to make a larger Jewish demographic of the Philippian community. In essence, in essence, building a larger Messian Jewish community through the conversion. Of these Gentiles, rather than than bringing bringing in Gent Jewish people into faith in Messiah, that they were built that they were looking to build the Messianic community's Jewishness through conversion of these Gentiles. Understood this way, the proponents of Gentile circumcision were seeking to reclaim the Jewish nature of the Yeshua movement by attempting to make all adherents Jews by adding new Gentile converts to Judaism to the born Jews, making the Messian Jewish community again a Jewish majority. This concern for reaching Israel 
including turning Gentile followers into Jews via conversion, allowed the false teachers to seek the circumcision and thereby the conversion of Gentile Yeshua followers to make the movement more Jewish. So whereas whereas there was a as as the the message of the Messiah went into the into the world and more more Gentiles than Jews were believers in Yeshua, that was a concern for reaching out to the Jewish community as they saw that the Yeshua movement and as the problem we still live with today with that with the vast majority of followers of Yeshua being Gentile that that the Jewish community can say, well, believing Yeshua is just is is just a Gentile thing. So in here, here uh, we see that that Fredrickson uh, puts forward the possibility that they that these false teachers were seeking to to strengthen and 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 uh, raise the the numbers of Jewish followers of Yeshua through having these Gentiles who became Yeshua followers to convert to Judaism. So in essence, building the Jewish, rebuilding the Jewishness of the Messianic faith through the conversion of Gentiles to Judaism. Paul was not giving a polemic here in this passage against Judaism or Jewish practice, which was common, as I said, is common in, in nearly any commentary you read from the Christian world on this passage that they see that Paul here is, is speaking out against circumcision and there's there are as I said in the uh, in the Harper Collins study Bible mentioned yesterday that uh, they said that in this pass in the note on this passage they said that Paul was rejecting circumcision for both Jew and Gentile in this passage so they see so it is understood as I said that this is a polemic against Judaism and Jewish practice specifically circumcision but as we will see see here that that Paul is not speaking against Judaism and Jewish practice and circumcision but speaking against a false teaching that Gentiles were not fully a part of the people of Israel as redeemed Gentiles they had to be circumcised first in essence after becoming Yeshua followers after joining the people of Israel through faith that they had to add to it that their that their faith in Yeshua was not enough to bring them into the Commonwealth of Israel. Paul rejected the false teaching within the Yeshua movement and not Judaism, especially circumcision for Jews. Paul himself, himself was circumcised, and he had also circumcised the adult Timothy before the beginning of their mission to bring the gospel to Macedonia. The problem of Gentile circumcision for Paul was his opposition to the false teaching the Yeshua-believing Gentiles must undergo circumcision for inclusion into the community, and also Yeshua faith was not sufficient for Gentiles and needed to, needed to be supplemented with circumcision. Uh, the false teaching that for Gentiles coming to Yeshua faith, that their faith alone in the Messiah, their acceptance of the God of Israel, and their faith in Yeshua was not enough for them to be fully part of the people of God, that they had to add to it through circumcision, that that the work of Yeshua in their lives, their faith in Yeshua, was not enough for them to enter into relationship with the God of Israel. 
and this was a teaching that was was clearly false according to the ruling in Acts 15 and Paul here is defending that ruling by saying no Gentiles can and should come to faith in the one God of Israel through faith trusting Yeshua as redeemed Gentiles not as insufficient insufficient uh, believers but fully as part of the people of Israel part of the of the Commonwealth of Israel in the faith of Abraham by faith alone and not requiring them to to convert to Judaism to be fully part of the people of God they are fully part of the God, uh, people of God as redeemed Gentiles A second possibility of these false teachers, these ones that, that he warned about, were non-Yeshua following Jews. And we, you see, since we see, see in, in Paul's first visit to Philippi in Acts 16, the Jewish community was not large enough to have a synagogue. And we know from, from uh, archaeology that there really is, that there isn't, isn't archaeological evidence of a synagogue in in Philippi till about the fourth or fifth century of the common era so being that there was really not a Jewish community of note in Philippi unless these unless these non-Yeshua believing Jews were coming from outside of, of Philippi within Philippi there really would not have been been a possibility of there being enough of of a of a community of Jews who would want to uh, bring this teaching to the the Gentile followers of Yeshua in Philippi, and so so we can actually say that that of the many options, I would say that that this one we can actually say is 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 not a real possibility because that there wasn't wasn't much of a Jewish community in Philippi. So if there was non-Yeshua following Jews, Jews from the larger Jewish community, that they would have had to have been outsiders coming in to telling these these uh, these these Gentile followers of Yeshua that they would actually need to convert to Judaism if they really wanted to be part of the people of God, and that their faith in Yeshua was insufficient for them. That was not the way for them to go into the people of God, but they had to be. Jews to be part of the people of God. So, as I said, given given the lack of a, of a Jew of a Jewish community in Philippi, we can say that that the that these people who were who were coming to to, to bring this false teaching were were not non-Yeshua following Jews, and this also also helps to counter counter the whole the whole notion that Paul was calling fellow Jews, dogs, which, uh, which was, was a teaching that, that has been, has been passed throughout the, the Christian tradition. A third possibility of who this, of who this, uh, who these false teachers be, these, these people who are trying to, to influence the people in Philippi are, newly converted proselytes, people who had recently converted from paganism to Judaism. David H. Stern, Dr. Stern in his, in his commentary on, on, Philippi, on 
the New Testament, the Jewish Testament commentary, which I dealt with heavily throughout this book. Dr. David Stern understood Paul's opponents as Gentile converts to Judaism who were expressing pride as circumcised. Gentile Yeshua followers of Philippi compared to the, or expressing pride as circumcised. So, so let me say, so newly converted proselytes, these are, these are people, pagan people in Philippi that had converted to Judaism before coming to Yeshua faith. And so in essence, they, they entered the faith as converted Gentiles who uh, became Yeshua followers. And they were, they were, and under this understanding that these proponents of circumcision were, were seeking to convince those of Philippi, they would have a higher status as Yeshua followers by their circumcision, that, that these people misunderstood the gospel, misunderstood their faith in Yeshua. And in essence, they saw themselves doubly a part of the Jewish people, one by physical circumcision, by their conversion to Judaism, and also by the Yeshua faith. So in a sense, they looked upon themselves as being doubly Jewish, whereas the Gentiles were just, who were just redeemed Gentiles who had come to put their faith trust in Yeshua, were basically just, just partially, they, they had one of, the, one of the connections to being part of the people of Israel, their faith trust in Yeshua, but they didn't have the, the second being circumcision. So in essence, these people were saying that they were somehow somehow super believers because that they were they were doubly connected they, they had both both the connection to circumcision and conversion to judaism and also their yeshua faith so that they somehow were bringing this false teaching that that to be a super believer that those in philippi needed to to be circumcised and convert to Judaism also in essence having having a double a double portion of connection to Judaism but as we know from the 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 Jerusalem council from the teaching of the apostles that the gentiles whether when they come to faith in Yeshua they're part of the people of Israel and they can and should come as redeemed Gentiles, and those who were bringing this this false teaching that they did not need to become Jews to be fully members of the Messianic community. And these opponents were expressing pride, which, as I said, throughout the book of Philippians, there is the running theme of, of the import of humility. So if it was that the, these were actually actually newly converted proselytes, those Gentiles who had, who had taken on circumcision and converted to Judaism and then became followers of Yeshua. And now they were at, now basically they're seeing, well, I've been circumcised. I, you know, if, if you actually want to be fully part of, of our belief system in our club, to be fully, to be a, 
And this is a super believer. You need to join us and also being circumcised and being a convert to Judaism too. But as we see, this was, was rejected by the Jerusalem community, by the, the, the early followers of Yeshua, and this is condemned here in Paul's teaching as a rejection of the clear message that Gentiles should come and come to the God of Israel through faith, trust in Yeshua without the need of ritual circumcision and uh, the the conversion of Judaism. So that will we we do have we do have another another option that we'll be looking at tomorrow, and that's actually pagan influencers, something that uh, Mark Danos brings out in one of his uh, essays in uh, in the volume Corinthians and Philippians within Judaism, and we'll see look at that tomorrow. That's an extensive uh, extensive uh, study that we'll be looking at Danos's. Uh, and this is challenge to to the to the identification of these people being Jews or proponents of 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 Jewish conversion, Jewish Jewish thought, but that actually that these false teachers were actually part of the the pagan influences that were trying to trying to draw back the people of Philippi who were who were from the pagan world of pagan traditions of Philippi and to bring them back into into uh, status in society as through their adding in parts of the Roman cult the the uh, the Greek Roman the mystery cults to bring them in, in as part of their their faith rest and even those who had a false understanding of these pagan rituals of of the of the false gods of of Philippi were similar to to Judaism in essence that people were could could participate in these false teachings and still be connected to the messianic community. So as I said, we'll be looking at that tomorrow. Mardino speaks about the the pagan influences of Philippi. And looking at at, at uh, other options of, and of how this is not speaking about about Judaism and and Jewish tradition, but a rejection of false teaching, whether false teaching about about uh, the way the Gentiles enter into faith with God of Israel, or whether it be pagan teachings that were looking to integrate themselves within the thought of the Messianic Jews of Philippi. So we'll be looking at that tomorrow, and uh, that will uh, conclude our study for today. We usually try to go about 30 minutes, so we are at that point. So tomorrow we'll be looking at Mark Danos's uh, thoughts on, on pagan influencers being these dogs, evildoers, and mutilators. So that will conclude our, our, our uh, class for today. My name is Sean Emsley. I'm your teacher for the Letter to Philippi live broadcast, which we do every day, Monday through Friday, 12 noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern time, 10 p.m. Jerusalem time. And we are on 
on Facebook Live, Instagram Live, YouTube Live, and we should be on Twitter Live today. So that will include our time today. I'll just have a closing word of prayer, and we'll go on with our day. Oh, Lord, you are good. We thank you for your love. We thank you that we can come together each day and look at your word. We thank you for our Messiah who gives us life and help us to be models of him and true, true bond servants of our Messiah. May we live each day to give him honor and become more and more like him. We thank you, Lord, for the, these words you've given us through your righteous servant, Paul. And may we live them out each day. We thank you for this day. We thank you for your love. In the name of Yeshua, our righteous Messiah. Amen. So thank you for watching. If you want more information on Letter to Philippi, go to lettertophilippi.org. You can fill out our contact form if you have any questions. You can uh, you can uh, give a prayer request. We would like to be praying for you. If you'd like to make a donation, we have our donation button there. And if you miss any of these classes, feel free to go to our teaching teaching section, and we have the posters of both the audio and the video of all of our, our uh, classes so far. We've been now, I believe this is our beginning of our fourth week of classes. So uh, look forward to having you catch any of the previous classes. We've been going work, uh, chapter through chapter, verse by verse through the book of Philippians. And again, this is the Letter to Philippi live broadcast coming to you at noon Pacific time each day. And again, you can go to lettertophilippi.org for more information. And tomorrow we'll be looking at uh, Mark Danos' work on uh, this this chapter, and specifically this verse, and how he puts forward that, that rather than anything involved with Judaism, these are actually pagan influences in Philippi that Paul is confronting, and, and that there's actually pagan teachers and pagan religious practices that he's referring to as dogs, evildoers, and mutilators. So we'll see that tomorrow, and thank you for watching. And again, this is Letter to Philippi live from lettertophilippi.org, and my name is Sean Imsley. I'm your teacher and founder of Letter to Philippi. So shalom for now, and see you tomorrow. Have a great day.